So, Nick, well, welcome to um, the second episode of our, our Say It podcast. Uh, and before we talk about our all-important contestants, um, I'm really keen to hear a little bit about, you know, the last 12 months and, and you. So someone who um, people probably don't know lives very local. Is someone yeah. that has been a performer, uh, you know, a dancer for, for probably what, what probably feels like your whole life um, and worked professionally as a... As a a choreographer uh, and now working as a as an agent just explain Nick how how difficult the last 12 months has been for you know for you and for the industry that you're that you're in yeah well basically um you know it all happened in March last year so everything sort of we we're all told to stay at home we we're on a lockdown so obviously that that sent lots of things into free fall I had people that were on tours um, in the country doing big West End number one tours who were called to the stage on a Friday night and were told we're not doing the show tonight and that's the end of the tour. So overnight, they lost their jobs. So I had that times about 50 people. Um, I had people abroad doing contracts, you know, so it was it was the first sort of bit of it was like really just full on scary, checking my clients were okay, just finding out information, you know, everyone was going, what do we do? Because nobody's ever been through this before. So, so it was just like trying to calm everyone down, see what's going on, check people were safe. That was the first thing, get people home, um, get people paid. Now, obviously, when something like this happens, you know, a, a company cannot honour the whole of the contract because that goes on, you know, they get paid because of ticket sales. And of course, they're not allowed to operate anymore. So all the contracts had to be looked at. I had to sort of, some were great. Some, um, you know, honoured the full job, uh, like the National Theatre. They were amazing. Others didn't because, you know, it's just financial, isn't it? So, you know, there's so many different companies that affect were affected um, little small companies, big massive ones. Um, so that was the initial fallout. That was what that was like. And then I decided I was working for a different company as an, a senior agent. I decided that it was time to part ways. It was a good opportunity for me to go on my own. So I set up in, I think it was June, end of June, beginning of July, I set up my own agency. Um, some say I'm probably mad, you know, at the book, but sometimes I think things like this make you see very clearly, make you focus and think, right, what do I want out of life? This is what I'm going to do. So I set up and I have to say it's been great. Touchwood, it's been going very well because I got my actors that were with me in the other agency because, um, yeah, I, I just got everybody, I asked everybody and they all wanted to come with me, which was fab. So I got my team. So I had my actors and I just had to do, you know, setting up on Spotlight, a thing called Tagamin, which is the software that we all use. Um, and that was basically it. I registered myself, got myself a bank account, obviously, all of those boring things. And then start subbing and sending people for work. Now, at the start, obviously, March, April, May time, everything stopped. So there wasn't a lot of work to be had. Um, you know, things like Coronation Street had somebody in that, had somebody that was, you know, in Hollyoaks. They had to stop Emmerdale. So all the TV and film, everything had to stop. So that was a bit scary. So at the start, obviously, it's not a lot of work. But my job then was maybe to sort of check in with my actors, make sure they're OK, say, come on, it's going to be fine. And in my head, I thought it would be over by May <laughs> last year. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it'll just be a few months and then we'll be back to normal. And as time went on, 
it was it was adjusting to that new normal it was like thinking right okay so so we're not work what can we do what can we, and 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 theaters were doing that as well so they were saying right what can we do so they did lots of zoom reads r&d research and development projects those have been happening all the way through um and then the tv companies got protocols in place with covid and started going back to work so i think they went back in about sort of july time and end of july beginning of august they went back in um and they work in a very different way obviously to the way that they did before um everything's socially distanced people are tested all the time but you know i have to admire the tv and film companies they've just pressed on through they followed the guidelines everything's safe if anybody gets it you know so we've had a situation recently where i think it's been quite public that um emmerdale had to close for two weeks because they had some cases so that's what they did they stepped down for two weeks and now they're back in so um so that's been that's been yeah that's been where it's been at adverts have been happening abroad still because it's work so again, people are tested a week before they go, they fly out, they film it, they come back, they have to isolate. Um, so companies are paying for that as well, for them to self-isolate, which is great. Um, so yeah, so we're now, in, we're now in 2021. We're still not back up to normal, mm-hmm. but um, I feel that... I feel that there's, uh, I don't watch a lot of news. I'm not going to lie because I think it is very, very depressing. I just want the facts as well. I don't want someone going, well, this vaccine might work and that's all, you know. So I, I try to try to just stick to the facts. So I think when I'm watching Bits and Bobs, it seems like they're thinking of maybe April time to get theatre, maybe. That's what it seems to me. I think they're looking at the figures, things are going down. Um, but again, it's still, you know, theatre's, have to know that the public are confident in going to watch productions they have to be assured that um because the margins for profit are you know they're quite tight because something like a west end show costs so much money to run on a weekly basis wages set all the people all the wigs all the you know everything it's like a big massive operation and they have to have 100% attendance to make a profit. I think it's something like 80% attendance they need to break even. So mm-hmm. those are the margins. So so it's still, it's, it's, I'm happy with the way it's all going. I want theatre to get, to get back in because there's a lot of actors that that's what they do. And they haven't worked for a year. It's going to be a year now. And it's tough that. It's really tough because no matter how much, you know, you rehearse in your living room and practice in your living room, it's not the same, is it, as earning a wage and um, being in a show. So I, it's been a tough year for, for so many. Nick, this, you, you touched on, um, you know, starting a business. I was having a discussion recently about, you know, the, the opportunities that, that something like this presents. And, you know, you said that you actually started up a new business in an industry that was literally closed down. What, what is, tell us about the, because I think, you know, you touched on there that you said a lot of things about looking after actors and making sure that they're safe and they're happy. I think there's this, maybe for people that don't understand the role of an agent, you know, that, that their job is solely to, you know, to join the to join the dots between, you know, professional performers and the industry and, and set up auditions and so on and so on. But I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot more to it than that, isn't there? Tell us a little bit about your, you know, what is the new, I suppose, the ethos of, of Nicola Bolton management? What, what is, why did you feel that you wanted to do it yourself? And what is your kind of like, 
you know, if someone said to you, what am I going to get from, from you? What is the big thing that you, that you want to be known for in that industry? Well, you know, I'm, I'm fair, but firm, but fair. That's what I would say. Um, so if, if, People come to me because it's personal management. So it is. It's about they're only allowed to be with me. Um, I nurture. I have people at different age groups. I've got very I've got youngsters um, going right through to people in the 70s. And it's just that relationship. So it's to do with me um, knowing them really well, knowing what to send them for um, me. You know, you have peaks and troughs in the acting industry, so you need to be able to talk to each other. And I need to say, look, you know, that we need to do that tape again that you've sent because it's. I think you can do it better. I have to be brutally honest with them because I want them to work because I need them to work. So um, so it's that it's that relationship, really. Um, and the reason I moved was because I felt that um, the previous person I worked for um, was doing things in a slightly different way and it jarred with me slightly. I'm going to and I think that that's when people set up their own businesses, they've often learned how to do it by working for someone else. And then they think, right, yeah, I'm going to I like to do things my own way now. I have a, I have a sort of moral code and a sort of a way of working and, um, you know, and try and be kind as well. Obviously, we've got the whole covid thing happening and, and people are in very different mind spaces. Some people have had it. Some people have lost relatives. Some people are struggling financially. So, you know, everybody's got different set of problems. So it's just for me to be here to talk to them to help them along, to try and... If somebody says to me, like one of my actors said, I'm going to train to be a teacher now. I'm going to take a year out. I'm going to... And I said, fine, I don't I don't blame you because you're not going to work, you know, for a year, really. You know, you might yeah. get bits and bobs, but... So that's... It's just having that uh, communication. That is key for me. It's, it's knowing, you know, them... If they've got any worries to come to me, you know, if there's... And, and often it's they, they wind... Actors can sort of wind themselves up and be scared about things. Um, and I'm there to sort of be reassuring and go, it's fine, it's absolutely fine. I mean, don't get me wrong, if anybody's... It's not being out of line, but if anybody, like, isn't pulling the weight and isn't getting tapes back to me and stuff like that, I will have a chat with them because it's my name as well. I'm trying to build a name and build a business and, um, you know, get these contacts with casting directors and they are representing me and I, when they send a tape request to me, they need to know that that is going to be actioned and it's going to come back to them by a certain date because they're working to guidelines, uh, sort of deadlines as well. So it's, it's, that, that's what I'm about. I'm about nurturing talent, uh, bringing um, established actors on, you know, just, just helping them, guiding them. I'm a, I'm a facilitator really, let's be honest. But it's not my career, it's the actor's career. So they do need to do legwork as well. It's not all my job. Now, I'm going to take, take you back to when you were, uh, obviously, probably from the uh, the minute you could walk, I'm assuming you've, you've been a dancer and a performer. I know that, you know, in discussions we've had in the past, you've you've spent a lot of time in, in theatre schools and, um, you know, that kind of thing. Give us an idea about, you know, how important is places like you know, like this, like the art centre. Um, how important is it for, for the development of young performers to be involved in something like this? I think it's so very important because I think it's, even if you think I don't want to go in it as, into it as a job, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something else, but I think it really, it really helps 
people with communication skills it really helps them with their confidence it's an outlet you can you know when you're when you're watching a theater show you can switch off and forget your troubles and that's what it does it transports you somewhere else and it's the same when you're acting it's exactly the same it's the same sort of feel of there's nothing like you know singing a song and being emotional about it or you know being happy it's just such a it's just such a joy isn't it the arts and I will champion the arts forever like yourself and I will you know the fact that I don't know, I, it, there's got to be more in schools about it. It's got to be, you know, and it's often, I think, some children really need to find their tribe. You know, they need to, sometimes they grow up and they go, oh, I don't like sport or I don't like, you know, those things that they're, my friends are doing. And that's absolutely fine. You know, you're going you're gonna to have different interests all through your life and different people that you get on and don't get on with. That is perfectly normal, but there will be a, a common ground if you and some other people from different backgrounds like drama, you know, you're going to meet lots of different people. And it's such, it's such a great thing. It's an outlet. It's, you can express yourself, you can escape. Um, and, and that, that's what it's all about for me. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, I was dancing at the age of four, um, because, and that was because my mum was, didn't know what to do with me. I just was constantly dancing around the house and she I was doing her head in. <laughs> so, um, that's why she took me, you know, I had a lot of energy, let's just say. So she took me to the dance classes and that's kind of, you know, where it came from. You know, I started doing the drama as well, doing the piano lessons, doing the singing, and I just loved musical theatre. And then I auditioned for something at the age of 10, a really big job in the West End, The Sound of Music, and I got it. So I was a child actor. So I started there. I then, you know, did my GCSEs and A-levels. So took a little bit of time out. And then it was at the time, because I'm that old, that you needed your equity card to carry on working. You don't really need it now. But I think you should be with equity, though. It's a really, it's the union it's a union for actors and it's, it'll help you out. Um, but anyway, I digress. You you don't have to be with equity anymore. So when I was younger, you did. So I had to work towards getting an equity card and you had to get so many jobs before you could get your equity card. And it was a big deal. It was a big deal in those days. So I started working from like the age of 17, really. So I didn't go to drama school and I didn't go to university. Now, if I could do those things but then have done the work that I've done I would love to have I would love to have had the uni experience and I would love to have the drama experience drama school experience but I started working instead so I kind of like learn on the job basically which is similar I suppose similar to me one of the things that I wanted to um just touch on was we we have values here at the art center as you know and one of them we, we we're discussing these values and talking about one of our values is aim high so it's talking about being aspirational and and you know not limiting yourself to what you think is possible but just going for just aiming for the sky but alongside aim high we we put work hard because we felt that actually you can't have it's all right to have an aspiration but that you need there's a realization there that you need to to realise that if you're going to go and do that, you're going to have to put the work in. Do, do you think Do you think that's right? Do you think both of them, you cannot have one without the other? Absolutely. You've got to, um, you've got to have aspiration. That is a brilliant thing in life. You've got to be, and, and you, but you've got to put the graft in because I think, you know, you wouldn't go and be a tennis player like straight away if you didn't have, it's something like, isn't it so many thousand hours you're supposed to do to practice this, whatever you're doing? There's a, there's a rule, isn't there? So many thousand hours you're supposed to put in and then you'll be quite good at it. But you never stop learning and you never stop getting better. And you've always got to want to learn and you've got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to want to 
you know, you see somebody and you go, oh, I'd really like to do that. How do you get to that stage when you're in that soap or you're in that musical? Lots and lots of hard work and practice, 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 practice. And that's, you know, a good practice, you know, um, and you've got to, you, you really do have to work very hard at it. Um, because if you don't put the graft in, there'll be somebody else that does and then mm -hmm. they'll get it. So that, that's, you know, you, you can't expect things to fall on your lap, really. It's not the business. It's a very, very tough business. I'm not going to lie, but it's very rewarding. And if you've got something that's special, then you've got to use it, really. Okay, so I want to talk to you, Nick, about about the, the the videos that we sent. So you know, we we're doing this competition. We've done um, we've done sing it, which was the singing competition. Then we did move it, uh, and as the lockdowns keep coming, we keep throwing something else in terms of a challenge at our as our students. And this time, we thought that you know the one thing we've not covered is is acting and monologue. So for someone that is whose job it is or has been to to review self tapes and look at you know, make make assessments based on what you see. Give us an overview about what was your thoughts on, on when you opened those videos. Tell me what tell me what your thoughts were. Well, do you know what? I was very impressed by um, the footage, the way that people had filmed it, the way people had edited it, their choices, um, their accents, and just their. It's for me. It's it's sort of it's an energy. It's an energy thing, and, and the energy they brought to it, and they were really focused. And it was across all age groups. It was across mm -hmm. all age groups. So you've got the the small, the younger ones, and 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 just the fact that they'd done it and had a go. And um, it yeah, I was very very impressed. Very impressed with them actually. I wrote I wrote loads of notes. Um, just um, yeah, just just some 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 great choices. Um, I mean, do you want me to, uh, do you want me to pick people out or do you? I mean, because it's really yeah, so it's really difficult. I was going to ask you. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I suppose you know it was comedy week, which I think when we mention comedy week, it, you know, it's amazing how how difficult the students actually felt that that was going to be. You know, like all of a sudden we're under pressure to be funny, like. And I, you know, we tried to sort of say to them, like, you're not, it's not stand up. You're not a stand up comedian. No. The idea is, you know, it's about picking the right character. And but I think, I think comedy is a really, is a really tough one. So I'm keen to sort of, yeah, you know, if I could press you for a couple of, maybe a couple of things that, you know, people that stood out and maybe why they stood out to you. Um, you know, who, who who springs to mind when you looked at those. Right, so I liked Ava, the tangled one, because she did lots of different, and that was to do with she'd thought about it and she'd done different shots like you would do if you were filming professionally. So mm -hmm. she'd like filmed, she had a shot when she was looking some, looking down on her bed and then there was one that, and it just, that made me laugh. That was just, she'd really thought it out and she'd, it's almost like she'd sat down and done a storyboard. So storyboard mm -hmm. is when, you, you know, but I'm sure your students know. So it's like when you're doing an advert or something, they write down and say, right, this person, this is when they walk to there and they do this and do that. So it's like she'd she'd really thought it through and it was just funny. It just, and the accent was great. So that was one person. I mean, it's really tough because I really liked all of them. Um, I believe I, I believe Ava had, had uh, salitated her um, <laughs> or gaffer taped her phone to the roof. <laughs> So I mean, listen, that's what I do here. I have to do tape stu stuff and I have to, you know, you, you sort of like, I've just sent a ring light back because it doesn't work anymore. But anyway, that's another story. But um, so I loved that. And I loved Roses as well. The Queen of Hearts one. I thought she really inhabited the character and she actually, you know, she dressed in a certain way and she got her neck up and all of that stuff. So again, you know, good characterization. Um, who else? I really, 
I really liked Buddy Elf, actually. Is that, um, what's his name? Sorry, the one who Badger. did Badger. Yeah, that was yeah. just made me laugh. Because it just made me laugh. Because obviously I love, everyone loves Elf. So, um, what's the other one? Um, Molly did many, many moons, was it? Um, she's, Molly did like, she, she's she got very lovely curly hair. Um, but I loved her sort of characterization. She was like, um, she did all the airhead stuff very, very well. You know, she did. She was, that was funny. And I really liked Joel. Who did the mm -hmm. Simpsons? Um, again, amazing characterization. Um, you know, and he thought about it and he'd got props and all of that. So that made me laugh. I mean, it's just dead tough. Um, I liked Megan as well. Um, the crazy glue, the one with the glue. She got oh, glue stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause she <laughs> and, and just that that again made me laugh. The accent, the characterization, yeah. So those are my I mean, listen, they were all brilliant. I'm going to say that. it's That's that's just who, who sort of... I'm just trying to get across the ages as well because obviously I can't mm -hmm. pick all sort of 15-year-olds or something. Yeah. You know, so I'm trying to get some younger ones in. I think we said we said about comedy as well. I mean, we could, you know, I'm sure that we, we could get into to really, you know, detail about... Um, you know how something was technically good or or whatever, but I think I think what we said as well as as you know coaches with within because we obviously split the, the the students into three teams and and some of the you know were coaching them and I think we said between us do you know what when it's comedy week it's just which one you you find the funniest and which which one just makes you makes you laugh makes you feel good rather than focusing too much on on obviously the technique and the detail. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's um it, it's yeah it's it's just uh, for me it's the fact that they totally went in full fully fully committed. They'd learnt it, you know. They'd um you know they'd uh, they'd thought about it. The accents. I mean, there was a lot of American there, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. That shows you what they're watching, doesn't it? That's yeah, their yeah, influences. Yeah. So a lot of mm -hmm. and a lot of really good American accents. You know, very mm -hmm. very good. Um, and just yeah, it is. It's just that comedy is a personal thing, isn't it? Like anything, um, you know, because there's there's great com comedians that are sort of full on big, and then there's very subtle, act you know, comedic actors are actually quite different to comedians, mm -hmm. aren't they? So yeah, and I think one one of the things that we'd sort of said that was going to be difficult was when you look at comedy and you look at like situate, it's like situation comedy. So you you kind of need the scene before and the scene yeah. after that, that kind of gives you so so it's funny because of that but yeah. you know only having a minute to do something it was like you know it, it's just hard to get that so yeah. you know we, we sort of said to them about you know it is different types of comedy and I think you know you pointed Megan Megan was in my group but she um, she's very naturally naturally like that you know yeah. that kind of very phys physical humor yeah, that, yeah. that they're not trying to be funny that they're, they're just they're, they're just, just, quite, just <laughs> naturally quite funny you know um and then you've got other people that are a lot more um you know like roses like you said was was very deliberate huge characterization which yeah. which you know which again is is it's hard to look at and not laugh and not smile because yeah. someone's just so committed to the actual uh to the actual piece um Next week, interestingly, or the week before, sorry, we, we did, um, the, we called it the Great British Monologue because we were mindful that, like you said about American, a lot of them are influenced by American. They watch a lot of Disney. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of MT that is very American. Mm. Um, so last week, we, we tried to take them away from that to do um, British characters and, and British, British accents. accents. So yeah. how, how important 
Nick, is it as an agent? Some of the the feedback we got last week from Paul, who was a, who was an actor, and he talked about picking a role that was closest to them. Um, you know, in terms of age group, in terms of maybe personality, in terms of accent, how important is it as as an agent? Or, or if your advice to them, how important is it to, to, to stay true to yourself? Or do you prefer people who are willing to take a real risk and do something different? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I think that um, it depends. So for me, I'm when I'm subbing, when I'm sending people for something that's come out on Spotlight, I will send somebody that fits that character. I'm not going to send someone that's totally the opposite because the casting director will not get them in. It's it's especially for TV and film, you're more likely to pay somebody that's sort of a similar type to you. So they're never going to cast, you know, there's all sorts of things in the mix, isn't there? Like ethnicity, disabilities, all of those things come into play now when you're casting things. Um, so they're quite specific on their breakdown. So I give them what they want because if I send the wrong person, they'll go, well, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's not reading it properly. So, yeah. so, so that's, so, but I suppose when, when, the, when the young people, the children, the young people are learning at this stage, um, you know, I, I think sometimes, especially for theatre, you know, I've played people that are very different to myself on, on stage. Um, and then on TV and film, maybe they're more closer to, to me. So it's that thing. It's, it's being in theatre, you know, you can, you can, it's a character, isn't it? You can do whatever you want, really. So I think while they're learning, um, you know, go for it. Just try, try and do lots of different things. But, you know, you're not going to get cast as a fifth, you know, with a 40 year old woman, if you're 15, you know, that's, that's a reality. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, you've got to, and, and I know it's like, sometimes they really love certain monologues and, and they identify with it and that's great. But what I would say is maybe try and sort of change things slightly or, you know, just have a think about it. And there might be a monologue somewhere else that's got the similar vibe to that one, but is more suited to you. So. And in terms of, have you got any, you know, talk about the things that people do well, but have you got any any things that, that annoy you? So as an agent and, and someone sends you something, you know, it, do you have these things where you're like, that, that's a no for me, don't do that. You know, give us an idea of some of the things that, that these kids maybe maybe not in this competition but just going forward the things that they they really shouldn't be doing if they if they want to be successful well i think it's i think if you're talking about applications people sending applications for an agent i think a lot of actors almost like self-sabotage before they've even sent you know they've sent a letter off and they've said things like oh I, I, my photo's not very recent um i've not got any recent footage i've not been any in anything lately so what's that that's like going okay so that's that's immediately got me going oh well you've not you've not got new photos the photos don't look like you you've got no footage you know what what <laughs> you just want me to get all of that for you do you so it's that thing it's that thing of just you know i'd say when you're applying for anyone wait till you've got a good photograph that's recent and looks like you you've got some footage footage is quite important because how can an agent know if you can act or what you're like or what your personality is, if they've just got a piece of paper going, well, I've been in this show and I've been in that show. So, so I always, if someone, I'm really, I try and be really kind and I try and be really constructive, but I always say to people, right, go and film something with a friend. You know, you can't go and get a slick show reel at the minute because, you know, it's expensive and, you know, it's just not, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but, but definitely film something with a friend, film so you've got something or do something in one of your classes, film, get it filmed. Mm -hmm. 
so that that that's my I, I think always send a bit of footage because yeah an agent cannot if, if you've not got any credits as in you've not been in something on telly or you've not done a theatre job and why would you if you're like 12 or 13 you have to have something there for them to see you know or in normal times they'd say right invite you to a show or you know you'd go and watch them live sort of thing but we can't do that at the minute can we so so okay nick so uh, yeah and, and, that, and that's important because you know it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the, the work putting the work in you know how, how if you want someone to sell you, you you know you need to provide them with the tools in order to do so you know and i think that that's what we encourage so much of here at the center is you know we, we have a lot of opportunities for them to get get busy you know being as many you know some kids can be in as many as 12 13 shows a year which is a which is a whole a whole host of you know dance singing maybe playing instruments and it's just about building experience and building um, like you say building on um a show reel or or building on credits that they can they can talk about or draw upon you know in in the in the in the future um okay so Nick, I want to ask you about the, the finale. So the idea of the, the competition is that th there's no points been awarded. Uh, we felt it was really much more about uh, um, participation um, and being able to explore new ideas and, and do these things. But in the finale, so the final week, which is in uh, three weeks' time, we're going to be inviting all of our guest judges and other industry pros back to, to literally pick the top three now, it's going to be difficult because everyone is going to look for different things. So there's, you know, we're not, we're not going to say who is the best for this part. We're saying just who was, whose was your, your one, two, three. So when we invite you back for that and you look at the, the finale videos, give them an idea about what things you're going to look for. Is it about technique or is it about, you know, the way people's filmed it or is it more about, you know, the, um, how much, how committed and how much fun they're having. What are the things that you're going to look for in a really good finale video? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking for a characterisation, really, and a, and a commitment to sort of, you know, making sure that you, you know, like with dialogue, you really need to learn, you know, you have to know your lines forwards, backwards, inside out, you know, for it to really sort of, so you're very confident and you can change your choices then, you know, you can be inventive and stuff. So it's about really, you know, learning that dialogue. Um, what else? And just just really inhabiting that character, um, and yeah, I mean, I do I do quite like the way people have thought about film and stuff. But if that's not your bag, that's absolutely fine. Just you know, when 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 my actors film uh, self tapes, or when they've got to go up for you know, who knows? Uh, there's a thing called Help that's filming at the minute with Jodie Comer, who I've got somebody in that. So so I send a tape off. And I, all they do for those is they have a blank wall behind them and they film themselves doing the dialogue head and shoulders. That's it. So, so if you want to film it like that, that's absolutely fine. You know, it's, it's a, you know, so it's, it's, it's whatever you want to do. Just be, be creative and have fun with it and think about it, you know, think about it. Brilliant. So, Nick, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're, again, busy, busy. Um, <laughs> and I think this has been be really useful, I think, just to get a little bit of an insight into uh, the life of an agent. Um, and obviously, thank you for, um, you know, looking at the videos and, and giving us your uh, the benefit of your insight. And hopefully you will join us again just for the final week, just to have a look at the finale and see see who your one, two, three is. 
Um, and I've said this to Paul, like because I think Paul had a had a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could talk about everybody, you know, because just they were just. I was just like, wow, I was really, really impressed. I really was. So they should all be very proud, actually. Thank you very much. So, um, Nick, we're going to leave it there. Um, and uh, as I say, best of luck with the rest of the lockdown. Hopefully, we will be back doing the thing that we love uh, in in the not-too-distant future. 